0: hello this is david back again with another episode of blood and fire radio podcast this is episode number 71 on track on schedule um yeah i've got this one and i have the next episode already uh, plotted out as well with what i'm gonna play and i'm pretty excited i think i got some good ones uh, in store here so Uh, First one we're going to kick it off with here is out of Finland. This is a band that I wrote off after their last couple of albums. The band is Fintroll. I was a big Fintroll fan uh, thanks to my friend Chris back in high school. I don't know how he discovered them, but he let me hear it, and I thought it was so just uh, outrageous, this um, blend of black metal and polka. Um, It was really unique. And I loved it. And uh, Yachtin's Tid is still my favorite uh, album of theirs. And that was the first one that I had heard. And um, but yeah, you know they had some some changes over the years, uh, with members, vocalists, and things like that. Uh, once they got this current vocalist, I was on board at first with the first album that they released with him. Uh, but then the two that came after that just weren't as good to me. Um, the sound just drifted too far away from the initial like blend with the polka and all that. It was just too, uh, too few and far between those moments on those uh, last couple of records. They just kind of went for a darker sound, and um, it just wasn't as memorable or as good to me. So after that last album of theirs, I had kind of written it off and said, All right, well... Until further notice, I am pretty much done with uh, with this band as far as having hope for anything good coming out in the future. But they took a long hiatus. It's been seven years in between albums, and uh, they're finally coming out um, with this new one called Vredes And that is coming out on September 18th um, of this year on Century Media. And again, it's their first one since uh, 2013. And they released the first single off of it, and um, I checked it out, and I was really blown away by it, because it sounds like something, it sounds like modern-day production, of course, but the song itself, the opening riff feels like newer Troll and all that, but there's a lot of moments in this tune that really take me back to, uh, to the first record. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised, and I ended up liking this song a lot. That being said... I chose it to play on the podcast and then since then they just released another single off of it uh this past Friday and I really don't like that one <laughs> the second one cuz it just sounds like more of the same from their last couple of records and I'm just like man uh that's a little disappointing like hopefully the rest of the album is uh has more things like this song and that I'm about to play right now but um but yeah so the verdict is still uh still out there for uh for this, this new Fintrall, so we'll we'll wait and see, but uh, but this tune I like. So off of Vredisvavd this is FinTroll with Ormfolk. that was Finn with Orm Folk. Um really good song and uh, again the I can't remember the name of the second single they just released, but it's not bad, but it kind of reminds me of like the title track from the uh, from the Not Fod album, which is fine. It's just kind of more simplistic and straightforward and goes for kind of a dark atmospheric vibe um more so than that kind of energy that you heard in in this song. But um but yeah, they they've done enough to have my attention. Um Moving forward, just to pay attention when this album comes out and give it its uh, its due diligence. But uh, okay, we're going to jump to uh, the USA here, out of Texas, out of Spring, Texas. I'm not really sure where in Texas that is. I meant to look that up but forgot. But um, yeah, this is a band that is actually on the label that Kriegsgrau used to be on, the German label uh, Nature Mocked Productions, who I still enjoy very much, their roster and their output. But um, this band is about to release their third album Uh, actually let's see what day is today yeah it just came out this Friday actually the whole album did Um, the band is called Avnev and uh, their third album that they just released is called Transpiration and uh they had only released one single off of it uh, in the weeks leading up to this and i uh, listened to it and liked it and just kind of made note to play this on a future episode but now you should have the entire album uh, at your disposal if you look it up on their Bandcamp, or or uh, likely on spotify as well um so yeah if you if you dig this tune then check out the whole album i know i will i didn't even realize that it uh just got released on friday so that'll be a a goal of mine uh, this upcoming week is to give this album a full listen. So, but uh, it's good stuff. It's black metal. It's it's atmospheric. Um, not necessarily atmospheric in the in the sense of like summoning or, or, or Zaster or a band like that. But um, but it creates a a atmosphere that kind of ties into their whole kind of nature um, vibe and the visuals that they use with album covers and things like that. So. Uh, it's, it's kind of what you would expect. Uh, feel free to judge the book by its cover, <laughs> in this case, because their album covers are pretty uh, indicative of what you're going to hear. But, uh, but yeah, off of the album Transpiration, this is Ovnev with Eons of Origin. That was Ovnev from Spring, Texas with Eons of Origin. That's a really good song and um, just listening to it again just now um, really kind of gets me excited to check out the uh, the whole album. Uh, Okay, going to Australia here. This is a band that's been around since 2010 and it's a band that I continue to check all the time as to whether or not they're doing anything new because I really want something new from them. The band is Hellbringer, and uh, their last album especially, they've done two albums so far. Their last one um, was called Awakened in the Abyss, and it came out in uh, August of 2016 on High Roller Records. And that album in particular, just the production and everything, is such a nod to Slayer's uh, Hell Awaits album. And they just, they nail it. Like, that style... um, it's really really good and i listen to this album the debut is good as well but it's just not as good as this one and i listen to this album a lot and i have played something off of it before but i'm just jumping back into it again because uh like i said I, I go back and check if this band is is releasing anything new all the time and uh whenever i check and there's nothing new there uh, i'll pretty much it's just a reflex <laughs> if, if there's nothing new to listen to i will go back to this album and listen to it again so i found myself doing that again recently and just enjoying it just as much as ever so i just felt like playing uh, another tune off of it so here we go off of awakened in the abyss this is hellbringer with dark overseer That was Hellbringer from Australia with Dark Overseer. I would love to see that band tour with, like, Deathhammer and Aura Noir. Like, that would be just an ultimate uh, trifecta of that style. Um, okay, we're going to go to Finland here. This is a band that was never technically, you know, a favorite of mine or anything like that. But I have always respected um, their... Ability to kind of push the uh, the boundaries without being just unlistenable nonsense. And that band is uh, Aranzi Pazuzu. They've been around since 07. And uh, they just released their fifth album this year. Called uh, Mestar and Kinsey. And that came out on April 17th on Nuclear Blast. And it kind of picks up where the last one left off. Like, their really early stuff uh, never really grabbed me that much, but I did like their last album uh, quite a bit, and I played something off of that, I think, on an earlier episode. But um, this one kind of passed me by. Like, I knew, I had heard that they had released something new, and I just kind of never got around to checking it out. Um, So I uh, recently did, and it's pretty good. It's still never going to be something that uh, I... I'm just excited about um, as far as just the, the style. Like with it being so kind of avant-garde, it's not something I can listen to every day, that type of thing. So, But when I'm in the mood, uh, they are very good at that style, and uh, they're better than a lot of others that uh, that people highly praise, in my opinion. But, uh, but yeah, so since this one kind of passed me by, and it's been out for a few months now, I think I uh, definitely needed to play something off of it, so... Off of Mestor and Kinsey, this is Aranzi Pazuzu with Uzi Technokratia. Was Aronsi Pazusu with Usi Technokratia. Um, it's really weird, of course, which is typically not my thing, but um, I really do like uh, what I've heard off of this album so far. I think I still like the previous one a little bit better uh, up to this point, but, uh, but yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. All right, we're going to Greece here. This is a one man band, and this one man is somebody that uh, most extreme metal people should know. He is the drummer for Nile and has been since around 2003-2004. The man is George Kalias, at least that's how I've always pronounced his last name, and uh, he really, like, I I had never heard of him at all prior to joining Nile, but uh, man, did he hit the ground running, um, because Annihilation of the Wicked is still my favorite Nile record, and um, it's just... The drumming is so insane, and he just kind of kept it going from there on every subsequent release from Niall. Um It's just insane what he can do. The speed that he can blast with one foot. Um, his swivel method with his double bass playing is uh, one of the most pronounced, <laughs> like, exaggerated movements uh, to where I just have no idea how he doesn't have severe knee problems because of how drastically he swivels his, his heels and everything. But, um, but he's insanely tight, and, uh, as much so now as he ever was, and he released a solo album, and I actually was mistaken a little bit, because I thought that he did all the music on this, but I thought that he had, like, a friend of his uh, do, like, guest or session vocals, but everything I've read says that he does everything, including the vocals, so, uh, that, that was kind of news to me, but, um... But, yeah, I kind of wish that Niall would adopt this production because I think the production here definitely highlights his drums a lot more and a lot of the little nuances that he does um Nile records, as good as the songs are, they cannot get a good production in in my to my ears. you know the last few records have just been off like they just don't sound right. And it's a shame, because uh, oftentimes it's the drums that suffer, and the drums are one of the strongest parts uh, of uh, of recent, you know, Nile records. But yeah, anyways, George did this solo album in 2015 called Invictus, and uh, that's the name of the record. He hasn't done anything since with this project, but I, I don't really know if this was a one-off or if he plans on uh, doing something more with it uh, at some point in the future, but uh, the songs are actually really good. I, I remember describing it to a friend of mine as, you know, Kind of sounds like Behemoth in the sense of uh, Behemoth never has very technical riffing; they always have kind of more basic riffing, but with insane drumming behind it and great vocals and stuff. So that's kind of the the formula for this as well. It's not nearly as uh, insane and technical as uh, as Nile from a guitar standpoint. The drumming is still insane, but the riffs are much more simplistic and easier to get into um so i find these songs being more memorable than some of the more recent uh, nile records me personally but um this one's my favorite my son likes this one as well um there's a bonus track on this album where it's like a demo version of this song but uh the guitars are turned way down and the drums are turned way up and you can hear the click it's just him doing this drum track along to a click and it's it's insane so my son is way into his drumming right now he's way into drums uh, in general, and uh, the faster the better for my son, so he requests this one all the time. He wants the George song with the click-click-click sound, is what he says. So yeah, this is, a, this is a really good tune, really good drumming performance, and um, it's just a good record. So if you haven't uh, checked it out and it just kind of passed you by, you didn't know it existed, then uh, go check it out. It came out in 2015 on Season of Mist, Again, the record's called Invictus, so here we go. This is George Kalias with Epitaph. all right from Athens Greece that was George Collias with epitaph Uh, his vocals are surprisingly good there Um, I know on the last Nile record they talked about how it was much more of a band effort from the songwriting standpoint and uh, in the back of my mind I was just like well yeah that just means that George you know writes his own drum parts and that's probably all he does but um, after hearing this record um, I could see how he might contribute some riffs here and there Anyways, let's jump to South Africa. I I don't know if I've played anything from South Africa up to this point. This is a band that's been around since 2010. Uh, They're a three-piece. Their first album was in 2010, and then it took them eight years to release the second one. I don't really know why. I don't know if they disbanded for a time and then got back together. But um, up to this point, I don't believe they've been signed uh, at any point. So, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe they were... Maybe they had these songs for a while and were kind of uh, holding out hope that they might get signed to a label and then get some sort of financial backing to release the second album. And then maybe once it looked like that wasn't going to happen, they just said, screw it, we'll do it ourselves, and it just kind of took some time. So I'm trying to keep an open mind as to why there would be eight years (laughs) of silence in between albums. But uh, the band is called Crow Black Sky, and it's kind of in the vein of like, uh, Der Weg einer Freiheit, and as far as it's just, uh, usually kind of a wall of sound production, and it's very intense, they try to keep the intensity up, um, for much of the songs, and, uh, which that can get tiresome when you're listening to an entire album of just high intensity, high speed, wall of sound, you know, type stuff, uh, but when you listen to it in pieces, you know, you'll find, uh, songs that you like more than others, and, it's never something that I, I think I would just sit and listen to a whole album of start to finish, but, um, but they do this style very well, and I think just the sheer fact that it's from South Africa and you don't typically get this type of music from out of South Africa, I think that kind of uh, adds to the uh, the uniqueness of it all. So uh, They released their second album again in January of 2018. It was released independently. It's called Sidereal Light, Volume 1. And um, again, the band is called Crow Black Sky, and this tune is called Lightless Lifeless. Okay, that was Crow Black Sky from South Africa with Lightless Lightless. Lifeless. It's really good. I have not given that full album uh, its due. I I was just kind of listening here and there mostly because uh, I was just kind of excited to have found a band of this style from South Africa. I thought it was cool. So I listened through um, some of the album and, and picked a song that I liked and I felt like was a good representation of their sound but uh i really need to give it a more thorough uh listen and and give it my full focus um but yeah again that was released independently so uh if you like that find them on uh, bandcamp and purchase it digitally or i'm not sure if they have physical copies but um but yeah show some support and uh and and purchase it so All right, we're going to jump to USA out of Florida. This band's been around since 1990, and they are still around today. They're kind of considered one of the classic kind of Florida death metal bands, and it's kind of been a breeding ground for uh, musicians for other bands, which I'm sure is frustrating for them, but uh, the band is Monstrosity. And Monstrosity, there's been so many... Uh, key players in that Florida death metal scene that started or at some point played in monstrosity only to then move on and join a band that perhaps was a bit bigger or more well-known. So, I mean, the the list goes on like Rob Barrett played in monstrosity for a time. Uh, of course, uh, George Corpse Grinder Fisher was the original vocalist. Um, Tony Norman, you know, went on to play live guitars for morbid angel for a number of years. Um, I mean, I, there, there's plenty that I'm leaving out right now. I don't know why, but um, they're, they're escaping me at the moment. But um, but yes, even with all the constant kind of change of members and people coming in and out, they've remained pretty um, consistent with their sound. They don't have a lot of output. They've been around since 1990, and they only have six albums. Um, meanwhile, you look at a band like Cannibal Corpse, who's been around just not that much longer since, what, 89? and they've released, like, how many albums? Like, 14 or something at this point? But, um, but yeah, there was a long gap um, for a while there, and then they just released a new one uh, last year, I think, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, it didn't have a lot of staying power with me personally. Like, the performances were great, but there just wasn't a lot that uh, I remembered. But I'm going to play something from the Corpse Grinder days because my son is uh, pretty infatuated with uh, Corpse Grinder and his, not only his voice but just the hair swinging, the windmilling. So he's seen some videos of that, so now he immediately recognizes if a Cannibal Corpse comes on in the car, he says, oh, that's George, you know, that's George. I'm like, yeah, buddy, it is. Uh, He's getting pretty smart. He's going to be like me with some, you know, useless uh, extreme metal knowledge that uh, no one cares about. That's going to be him just spouting off, uh, did you know so-and-so played bass on this album? Um, But yeah, so... (laughs) I let him hear some of the old monstrosity stuff with George singing on it, and uh, I don't think he liked it as much as Cannibal Corpse, but uh, he was amused to hear George singing on something else. But so yeah, I'm going to play something off of their second album called Millennium. Came out in August of '96, I believe. That uh, old Corpse Grinder was recording vocals for this at the exact same time that he was recording vocals for Vile. Uh, For Cannibal Corpse, it was in the same studio, so he would just do some songs for Cannibal and then uh, go to the other side of the studio and record a song or two for this Monstrosity album. And uh, So this was the last one he was on. Uh, I think I still like the debut a little bit better, but um, this one still has some really good songs on it. I think just as an overall album, the debut is a little bit better. But uh, but yeah, this one, uh, this tune I'm about to play is a favorite of mine from that Corpse Grinder era. So uh, again, the record came out in August of ninety six on Conquest Music. The album's called Millennium, and this is Monstrosity with Manipulation Strain. <laughs> monstrosity with manipulation strain they were definitely one of the more uh, technical ones along with uh, a band like atheist you know from uh, from that time Uh, they still are very technical but um, not sure if everybody knows but Lee Harrison the drummer for monstrosity who is of course a very good drummer you have to be you know to play that material with monstrosity but he's also a very good guitar player And he's kind of a key songwriter for Monstrosity and always has been. And he's also uh, the guitar player for Terrorizer. And he also filled in for Obituary for a time as well uh, while they were kind of trying to find a lead guitar player. Uh, So, yeah, the guy can do do it all, you know. All right, we're going to go to Russia here. This is a band that's been around since 2016. I had heard of them and never actually heard their stuff until very recently. Um... The band is called Ultar, that's U-L-T-A-R, and, uh, they have released a couple of records. Uh, technically three, I guess, but, uh, I think one of them was a, like, a re-recording of an earlier demo or an earlier album. I'm not entirely sure, but, um, but yeah, they, they released two as far as, like, full lengths of original material, so I'm just gonna exclude that re-recording for now, but, um, But yeah, this album is called Pantheon 2019, and that came out in March of 2019. It's the second record, so it's their most recent. It came out on Temple of Torturous Records. Um, It's good. It's just interesting... Black Metal. I really don't know how else to describe it, and I don't really have much more like background info on this, this band, so I can't really say too much, but uh, it just struck me as being uh, just a little bit different, a little bit out of the norm, and uh, it's just a band that I had heard of and never checked out for a long time, so I just kind of finally did and said, you know what? What the hell? I'm throwing that on the next episode, so... Here we go! Off of Pantheon 2019, this is Ultar with Beyond the Wall of Sleep. That was Ultar from Russia with Beyond the Wall of Sleep. It definitely has kind of a majestic, like, epic feel to it. Um, I really liked what I've heard off of that album. I have not given the debut uh, a chance yet, but uh, I will. Because I liked this second album quite a bit, I do need to check out the debut. Just haven't gotten around to that yet. But, uh, alright, we're going to go back to Greece here. This is a band that's been around since 07. I've played something of theirs uh, on the podcast before. The band is Acherontis, and um, they, to me, were kind of overrated for a while. Like, I kept hearing about how amazing they were, and then whenever I would check out their stuff, I'm just like, eh, you know, it's good, but it's not blowing me away. But uh, I will say that this newest album of theirs that came out this year is uh, my favorite thing that I've heard them do up to this point. Uh, I really like this record a lot. It's called Psychic Death, The Shattering of Perception, and it's their eighth album overall. came out on June 26th of this year on Agonia Records. And, um, yeah, if if you like their older stuff, which a lot of people do, Um, you should like this as well Um, to me this songs are just a bit more memorable this this one definitely has more staying power with me personally than uh, than anything else they've done up to this point so I was uh, definitely pleasantly surprised and um, really dig the record so I'm playing one off of it that kind of stood out to me as having some really good guitar work and some memorable riffs So here we go, off of Psychic Death, The Shattering of Perception, this is Acherontus with Coiled Splendor. That was Akarantus from Greece with Coiled Splendor. Really good song off of a really good album. So if you haven't checked out their new one yet, uh, I suggest you do. Uh, Alright, this is one that I am just really chomping at the bit to listen to. Um, This is the new Enslaved album called Utgard, and that's coming out on October 2nd. It's their 15th album. It's going to be coming out on Nuclear Blast once again. It was supposed to come out, I think, in May, maybe June, but uh, because of all the virus stuff, they pushed it back. They made the decision back in, like, April. When things first started getting really bad, they decided to push it back into the fall, which will probably be a good idea. Um, But they've released a couple of singles off of it now. They released Homebound first, which is a great song. And uh, now they've released this second one, which is a bit of a heavier song. At least it has some really uh, heavy moments in it. It's called Yeta Grita. And that means uh, the giant's cauldron, which is basically a term given to, like, these big um, tide pools, basically, that are supposed to kind of look like, um, well, like a big bowl, a big cauldron. And they're usually, like, a couple meters wide, a few meters deep. And uh, just right there into the rock, these big dips, these big holes in the rock that, uh, you know, when the tide comes in, it fills them up. And then whenever the tide recedes, you're left with this... This bowl, this big pot of uh, of water from the sea, and that's just kind of uh, the nickname it was given was the Giant's Cauldron, so um, so yeah, that's what it means. But um, I'm already, I have it penciled in, <laughs> this is probably pretty biased here, but nobody gives a shit about my end of the year lists of like what I consider to be the best albums that came out this year and blah blah blah. So nobody cares anyways, but I will say that I kind of have this album, like, penciled in. I'm already expecting it to be fantastic, and uh, I'm hoping that it is. They rarely ever disappoint. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. So, yeah, this tune is great, and it really uh, has me even more anxious for this album. So again, the record's called Utgard, coming out on October 2nd on Nuclear Blast. This is Enslaved with Yettagrita. That was Enslaved with Yetta Gritta, and I think that's an amazing song, and I just can't wait for the album. And also, they're right in the midst of, uh, over the next few months, doing this kind of virtual um, tour of sorts, where there's these different festivals that are now switching to a, a virtual kind of live streaming format um, on which they're going to be performing. So they've already done one. They did... Kind of uh, early on in the quarantine days here, they did kind of a live from the studio um, performance, and they really like set the standard, and nobody else has been able to really uh, top it. But um, really slick, just pristine production, and the lighting and the sound and everything uh, about it was was perfectly done. And since then, they just did one, a live stream. Last week, I can't remember when exactly it was but it always happens the way it is with the time difference that it's like right in the middle of the day so i'm working from home and i am i am working i'm not just sitting around but off to the side on my phone on youtube i'm live streaming enslaved performing at the roadburn festival and it was an amazing set list they played a great set list and it was all picked by the fans they had like a, a running like poll uh for weeks prior you know um for the fans to pick the set list and then they, they performed that set list and it was fantastic. I don't know if you can still access it on YouTube. Like once the live stream ends, I'm not really sure <laughs> where that footage goes, you know, if they're going to post it somewhere or if it is posted somewhere else, um, for people to watch. But if it is just try to find it and watch it cause it's a great performance. But, uh, but yeah, they have several more, maybe four or five more of those type of things planned for the next few months. So I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to keep uh, my eye on those and watch as many of them as I can, because they always deliver a great performance. So, All right, we're going back to uh, Australia here out of Melbourne, and this band, its well, I say band, I think it's a one-man project, has been around since 2004. Uh, I'm pronouncing it Aquilus. It's A-Q-U-I-L-U-S. Um, but yeah, they just released some demos and an EP, um You know, after they formed in 04, like for years, that's kind of all they had was just some multiple demos, and uh, I say they, it's a one-man band, but you know how I am. Whether it's a one-man band or not, I pretty much always refer to it as a band, and refer to them as they, (laughs) instead of just he or she or whatever. But yeah, so the debut full-length finally came out in November of 2011 and it was released independently and then there's been nothing since, but it's still listed as an active band, so I'm not really sure what to make of this. But um but basically this person describes their sound as kind of a uh, um like a classical black metal, like I don't even it's just kind of atmospheric and there's a lot of uh, synth and a lot of just kind of classical music vibes throughout it um, but yeah there's still some interesting guitar work and there's a lot of just just a lot of different elements into this that make it unique to me so um, I don't know a whole lot about this one man band but um, but yeah all I know is I've checked out the debut. And while it's not something that is in my wheelhouse to listen to, like, on a regular basis, um, I listened to this whole album the other day, and it was just, it hit the spot. It was a good day for that album, I guess. So um, I enjoyed it, so I decided to share. So off of the album Grisius, which came out in 2011, this is Aquilus with Arboreal Sleep. <laughs> All right, that was Aquilus from Australia with Arboreal Sleep you can definitely see why he refers to it as like classical black metal um, lots of breaks in that stuff and uh, all the songs on that album with uh, more atmospheric breaks like that uh, okay we're gonna jump to Sweden here uh, I'm not a big like gothic metal guy at all and uh, even less so with like female fronted stuff and I know that sounds like sexist but I I can handle female fronted stuff a lot more with like this style the gothic kinda stuff than I can with say like your arch enemies and and you know bands like that where it's uh, females doing like extreme vocals and it's not because they're female that I I don't think like oh that's a it's a man's world out there and they shouldn't be doing it it's not that at all. It's it's purely just the sound. I don't like the way that their voices typically sound when they're trying to do extreme vocals. And that's it. So I've had friends like on Facebook and such say, oh, we need to abolish the term female fronted metal because it shouldn't matter if it's a female and this and that. But for me, it's... It's an indicator of what you're about to hear. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not a matter of, like, oh, a man, if it's a man or a woman. I know if it's a woman singing it, it's going to sound different. So if I know that up front, then I know what to expect when I'm listening to it. Um, but, yes, I'm not a big gothic, you know, dramatic gothic metal guy, other than, like, My Dying Bride is one of my all-time favorites. But, um but yeah, my friend Chris, he was way into like anything that was female fronted and gothy, you know. He was into it back in high school and I kind of would roll my eyes sometimes cuz I felt like whether it was truly good or not, if it had a hot chick singing in the band uh he loved it. He thought it was great. <laughs> so, but this band is one that I actually do enjoy quite a bit. Um so the band is Draconian and they've been around for god, I don't know. How long has it been for them? Mid-2000s, 2004 maybe? No, it's been 90s. What am I saying? I think it's been since the late 90s. But anyways, um, they've released seven albums, and they've had some pretty extended breaks in there as well. Um, This one that they're about to release, it took five years to release that, and then the album prior, it took maybe four years to release that. So they haven't been all that uh, prolific as of late, but um, their last album, Sovereign, That came out in 2015. I loved that. I think it made my end of the year um, best of list. And they're releasing a new one called Under a Godless Veil, and it's coming out on October 30th of this year on Napalm Records. And again, that's their seventh album overall. Uh, They released uh, the first single off of it, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It didn't blow me away, but it was pretty good. Uh, But this second single that they released, the one I'm about to play, really like... Connected with me. I don't know. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've heard all year. And um, it's just, I don't know, it resonated with me. I think it's a really, really well done song. And there's some really beautiful sections in this song. And um, everyone's performances are great. The riffing is simple, but it's really effective. And the vocals sound great. And just the breaks in the song, the really mellow breaks in the song um, are really, really well done. I think it's one of the best songs they've ever put out. So looking forward to uh, to this new album. So from the album Under a Godless Veil, this is Draconian with Sorrow of Sophia. Alright, that was Sorrow of Sophia by Draconian. Really, really good song, and um, I can't wait for that record. I really enjoyed the last one uh, so much that I have high hopes for this for this new one. Uh, okay, we've reached that time. Sorry, my headphones have fallen off in case you're wondering what all the shuffling around is. Um... Time for me to announce the last song, so thank you everybody for listening, and uh, if you want to tell somebody else where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com, or they can listen on the free Podbean app, which I highly recommend, Uh, or you, you can listen to the entire catalog of old and new episodes on Spotify, so find it there and follow it. Um, If you want to uh, send me any sort of requests or feedback or anything like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, um, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of news or updates or uh, poll questions or anything like that, uh, it's all going to be posted there. So, Again, I have the uh, songs for the next episode lined up. It's not going to be a themed episode or anything like that, just another normal one. So I hope to stay on track and uh, and get that one out in two weeks as well. So yeah, let's wrap it up here. We're going to go back to Finland. This is a band that's been around since 07. It formed kind of out of the ashes of Reverend Bazaar. And Reverend Bazaar was kind of a stonery, you know, uh, doom band from Finland that uh, they had minimal releases they didn't really release much but they kind of gained this cult uh status in that kind of doom world and uh people thought really highly of them and then they just kind of uh out of nowhere disbanded in 07 so this band formed out of the ashes of that uh, it only features one member one former member from Reverend Bizarre the guitar player but the band is called Lord Vicar and Lord Vicar there's a fly on my on my uh Pop filter. What the hell? um L- Lord Vicar has released four albums, and uh, their most recent one is called The Black Powder, and that came out in April of 2019, and it was released independently. I believe that they're signed, but for whatever reason, this album came out independently. uh But it's the most recent thing they've done. Again, it just came out last year, so it's still fairly fresh. But they kind of follow suit with Reverend Bazaar as far as a, a more traditional. Uh, it's all clean vocals, kind of kind of stoner-ish type of uh, traditional Doom, and uh, but they do it well. I actually kind of like the Lord Vicar stuff better than Reverend Bizarre. Uh I was never that big on, on Reverend Bizarre to begin with, but uh, I definitely enjoy this a bit more. So, without further ado, off of the black powder, this is Lord Vicar with A Second Chance. A nice long one to close it out, so... Take care. Cheers, everybody.